Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Happy Tuesday, happy day, where we are the furthest ever possible day away from next year's Yom Kippur. We will never have this much time between this Yom Kippur and next Yom Kippur. Enjoy it, Jewish toasters, relish in it. Good morning. Good morning. Wow, I can't believe it's Tuesday. I guess that's like a small gift from Yom Kippur being yesterday. Mm -hmm. But that's where the gifts start and end because yesterday was a rough one, you guys. Like the fast was difficult, but it was made more difficult because not eating for that long gave me a headache, which I like still have right now. Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets tough because it's like even when I broke my fast, which usually it's over. Brings it all back together. It it never ended. It was like a never, never ending tarch. Yeah, I mean, I hate to be like that girl, but I'm never that girl where it's like, I actually probably have a harder time fasting than most human beings. Like for some people, like not eating for a few hours is like a part of every day. Like they, oh, I forgot to eat. Never have been me. Will never be me. I can't be that bitch. Will never be that bitch. But something yesterday, like I had a kind of an easy time. Like I was like joking around, like and I was annoyed, but like I wasn't to the point where I was like going to faint. I did get in like a little bit of a bad mood towards like seven o'clock, but honestly, it was probably the easiest I've had in my adult life. I think that's also because we didn't go to temple because of uh, coronavirus. coronavirus. So we were able to just like, I literally laid in bed all day. It was so crazy. So yes, on the hunger front, it was all right. But then on the headache front, that was yeah. that was a new front for me. I would say the not going to temple is like a game changer. I mean, yeah. we've never not gone. We always go and we'll probably will never no, not go again. No, we'll probably never go again because now that we've had this experience, like it's so it's the worst part. Like it's so long and quiet and everyone's breath smells. But it also does give you something to do during the day. No, but it also Whereas, adds. Like, I was like so aware of every minute hour. passing. No, but it also adds like a level of meaningfulness yes. to the day because you're like physically atoning for your sin. So I did feel like a little guilty, but I wasn't really mad about it. I just like, it was a really hard one. And I just can't believe we have to do that once a year, like for the rest of our lives. No, I was thinking that yesterday. I'm like, I'm going to be like 50 in doing this. Well, well, there are exemptions like for the elderly. So 50 is not elderly. Yeah, but like the older you get. The closer you are. The more eligible you are to aging out of the fasting process. Also, if you're pregnant, you don't have to fast. So that's just something to think about as you plan the rest of your life. Totally. Like, try and plan your pregnancies around the September, October areas. (laughs) Totally. Um, How was your weekend otherwise? My weekend was really good. I watched a lot of content, like, caught up on so much stuff that I'm excited to talk about. And we had a great GNO. Mm -hmm. And so it was, like, a really just a great weekend. Just great yeah it was a good combination of like having drinks also relaxing I started Mad Men I too watched a lot of content it was I also started Yellowstone at your behest Mm -hmm. me and Ben did and 
I just can't believe this is the show you've been talking about. It requires a lot of patience and like you might not even like it until five episodes in, but you're not going to love it until maybe season two. And like in the beginning, there's no character that you like and you're like, why are these people like you just find it all so strange. But then like something happens and you just start to love it. Well, I just couldn't get on board with the bangs. Yeah. Well, eventually, like you will really like her. It takes so much time and like all all of that downtime where you're like just trying to figure out what's going on like pays off there's a great payoff well I just I couldn't get into it it was like a bad use of my time Ben kind of liked it so he went in the living room and continued on with it and I started Mad Men which was such a better show it really reminds me of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel just in the For sense sure. of how they really capture like a decade yeah um and I really like it I'm really enjoying That's it surprising that you like it I, I loved it it also makes it really challenging because I just don't like um Peggy yeah what's her character's name Elizabeth Olsen no Peggy What's her name in real life? Elizabeth Olsen. It's not Elizabeth Olsen. That's Mary Kate's oh. sister. Elizabeth uh, J- Holmes. The- no, it's um. Who's that? Elizabeth. It's right on the tip of my tongue. From Scientology the- girl. Yeah, yeah. It's um. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Arden. No. No. That's the spot. <laughs> Moss. Moss. Yes, it was right on the tip of my tongue. Elizabeth Moss. I just, she like borderline ruins shows for me. Like I even, borderline. Kind of, I kind of liked Handmaid's Tale, but like she was like truly the main character. Yeah. Um, so it's hard for me. And I, and I think the show, like, I think she gets a bigger and bigger role. Like if, if what I barely know about it is that like, she's like important. And there's like this scene where she's walking down the hall with her box and it's like important. So like, we'll see. But I'm so enjoying she it. She does get a bigger role, but she also becomes much more likable. Just like okay. Beth Dutton. But like Beth Dutton is not played by an actress who you'll never be able to get behind. That's the thing. Yeah. That's no, thing. I feel that. It's a tough one. Um, but it's an ensemble cast. You can like focus on other people. Yeah. It's really excellent. I love January Jones. She's oh my so God. beautiful. She's everything of the sort. It's like one of the greatest characters of all time. And all I want is like Don to be nice to her. I know. And he just like won't like give her like He's any so love. so troubled. So troubled. Yeah. She doesn't even know, you know. Right. Like, like she thinks the she brother. just married like a nice guy. Yeah, who works in advertising. And he's just like has like a double life. I'm also excited to start watching it because I, I would like to see Harry Hamlin. He's not. He's barely in the show. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Lisa he, on Beverly Hills says it makes it seem like it's like you know, his show. He eventually like, comes on in a season and like has a role, but like he's probably number like thirty five on list of names. Stop. In Mad Men. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, Lisa like really made it seem like he like replaced John Hamm. No, no. For Don Draper. No, like eventually he gets like a decent sized role, but. He's like not the man. Well, I've actually never seen he's him act in anything. He's not the mad man. Right. I've never seen him act in anything. Yeah. He's so a good actor. That'll he's be fine. interesting. You don't even notice him. You're not even going to notice him. He's such a nothing. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> tell me how you really feel. Um, I watch, I finished Shit's Creek, which we'll talk about. Okay. Because I have so many thoughts. And I caught up on Love Island. And I feel like there was one other thing that I watched, but I can't remember. Oh, Potomac, obviously. Oh, yes. We will discuss that in our TV recap segment. So we'll discuss it all in our TV recap segment? What yeah, think? I think we should cut to. We have a very busy episode today. We do. We are sitting down with Simon Huck. Um, he just launched a new podcast, and his co-host will be with here, here with him, too. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be on another video on our channel. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, just keep listening. It'll be at the end of the episode. Yeah, very, very exciting to have an in-studio guest for the first time in, like, eight months. Very exciting. It's, it's a very big day here. And I feel really good knowing it's like Simon from Judy because he'll be totally taken care of oh for sure but I guess without further ado we should get into the fast side stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast 
Oh, one thing did happen over the weekend that I forgot to talk about in our weekend recap segment. I got a call from my doctor. Mm. She said the flare-ups are back. Shit. She told me not to be alarmed okay. that there's a really easy and safe cure for my RDH. And that is? Letting everyone know that today's episode is brought to you by Simplify. A lot is up in the air right now, especially when it comes to our personal finances. So much of how we've changed spending so much of how we spend money has changed i know a lot of us are ordering in more we're ordering groceries we're not going out to dinner we're not going out to bars and a lot of our finances are changing and there's a lot of uncertainty so it's never been a better time to start planning your financials because whether you're anticipating a major life change like a wedding or a move or you just want to get a jump start on planning the future simplify makes it easy to track your spending so you can budget smarter after trying dozens of apps the new york times Wirecutter picked simplify by quicken as the best budgeting app because it doesn't make you choose between simple and effective. You can start healthier financial habits and achieve your long-term goals with Simplify. They make it easy to see the big picture, stay on top of your spending, and save like a pro. You can say goodbye to surprise charges from subscriptions you forgot you signed up for. Such an important... Yes. That is... I'm the queen of just like pressing yes and then forgetting that my seven-week trial, you know, was over. Mm -hmm. um, so apps like this really help you stay really organized when it comes to subscriptions. They make it easy to monitor all of your spending so you're never in the dark. Simplify is all about balancing today and tomorrow. Other financial apps primarily track what's al already happened in the past, but Simplify helps you get personalized tips, insights to help develop a healthy long-term habit and stay on top of your finances now and in the future. They focus on insights and not input because other financial apps feel like they guilt you for not meeting your goals, but there's no judgments with Simplify. They won't overwhelm you with every dollar that you're off by. You can see why the New York Times Wirecutter is calling Simplify by Quicken the best budgeting app out there. Start your 30-day free trial of Simplify today when you download the app or visit simplifymoney.com. Spelling is S-I-M-P-L-I-F-I money.com. If you want to start your 30-day free trial of Simplify today, download the app or visit simplifymoney.com. Check it out. You know, these are uncertain times. Your financials should not be uncertain. Love it. Sign on. Get your financials in order. Yeah. Sign on. Simplify. First story, a little follow-up to last week's story, but Demi Lovato is completely embarrassed, and <laughs> rightly so, by Max Eric's behavior after their breakup. One word. What am I going to say? My favorite word. Loo-hoo-hooser. That, but disgrace. Oh, for sure. This is a disgrace. Demi Lovato is ready to move on after fiancé Max Eric showed his true colors this weekend. Following the news of their split, Max took to social media to reveal in since-deleted Instagram posts that allegedly learning of their breakup through a, quote, tabloid. Soon thereafter, a source told E that the actor was lying about such claims. Additionally, he accused Demi of allowing him to be bullied by her fans. He then asked, please stop trying to thank you next me, a reference to Ariana Grande's oh my God, breakup he's song. He's too invested in pop culture. But if Max was trying to win the pop star back, these social media posts are not doing him any favors. A source exclusively tells E! News, Demi wants no contact with Max at this point. She's completely embarrassed at the way he's been acting and putting their relationship on blast via social media. She wants nothing to do with him. So there were also other Instagram stories that he left up. Yeah. And let me read you some of them. Please do. This is just like a notepad moment where he just typed out some text. To this moment, we haven't spoken over the phone. We haven't even officially ended anything to each other. Literally. I'm here in y'all with real... Uh, I'm here in real time is with y'all. Is he trying to say they're still engaged? Wait. And this is how you're going to act? I'm about to really blow your okay. mind. I'm here in real time with y'all. I love Demetria and just want her to be healthy and safe. That's the first one. I just have to say, like, people who call their significant others, like, by their full names, just, like... 
to kind of like stake a claim on them. Yeah. It, but the girls do it all the time. It's like Benjamin. It's like his name is Ben. You know, I've yeah. literally never called Ben Benjamin like one time, even when I was angry. I hate when people do that. And he's doing that. Like Demetria. No, Zach has never called me Jacqueline in my oh, life. Right, right. I don't even think he knows that that's my name. Hundred percent. So it's like I I just fucking hate when girls do that. Like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Andrew David Romanoff third. Get yeah. in here. Yeah. Okay, here's another one. If you're reading this, I love you always, unconditionally, no matter what. Next one. He's listening to Don't Forget, Demi's best song, and he screenshotted the Spotify. I have respected and loved Demetria since I was 15, and my friend Samara, who recently passed away, took me to her concert. There's just so much going on. I don't There's even know where to unpack. There's so much going There's on. There's another I one. Also, there was also the one where he said, like, um, don't thank you next to me. Like, I have a job to do. Like, there's people relying on me with, like, families and oh, kids. Oh, no. Complex. Okay. Here's another one. He's listening to Get Back from Demi Lovato's album, Don't Forget. Demetria is the best female vocalist alive, and everyone should know it. And we, By the way, we know that. Don't worry. Then he's listening to Catch Me, also a great song. She inspires me every day and is an incredible human being. I know it's not her writing these stories. It's a machine. I love her unconditionally. Demetria, I love you always and forever. The Demetria, I honestly forgot that that was her real no, name. me too. This is so wild. Another one, he's listening to Anyone by Jamie Lovato. Give Demetria the Grammy she deserves, all caps. Thanks, smiley face. Oh my God. And then finally, he encourages everyone to stream her new song, Okay to Not Be Okay. Okay. That's, that's what like... Uh, her Instagram is like full of promo for that. It's like not even anything to do with Max, which I'm sure is driving him insane. He goes, go stream hashtag okay to not be okay. The lyrics are incredible. Her voice is impeccable. Keep it at number one forever. It's what Demetria deserves. I love you. <laughs> I literally can't just... Okay, here's the thing. Like He's not wrong about these things. No, of course not. She this does deserve so crazy. Ready. Imagine breaking up with your... There's so many things to imagine here. Imagine breaking up with your fiancé and then like going and listening to all of their music as like your breakup playlist. That's depressing, yeah. Imagine. This is the part that I can't get over. Like, this guy is the definition of a thirst monster. Like, yeah. star fucker. Like social climber, social climber, and he wound up engaged to like a major, major to pop star. a major A list forever pop star. Yeah, and he blew it. Like I, I understand why he's this mad. All of his hard, hard work, work, his whole life is people up like that in don't flames. People like that don't get as far as they do, and then only to no. fuck it up at the engagement. No, so that's like so crazy, and so now like all of this is like his star fucking colors like coming out. You know, and he's at the end of the day, like just to stand. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, he also whatever his motives were. Like I think he also truly wants to be a star himself, and it must be difficult to go with living one living with one of the most famous women in the world, like the planes, the trains, the cars, like all the fancy stuff. And now he's like back to flying coach, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's probably at least for me, like that would be the hardest, like adjusting back to normal life. Well. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm so glad that Demi got out of there and that now she's embarrassed. So, like, there's no chance of her going back. No. Like, there's no regret or should I have, like, what if? Because now she knows, like, what he is. And that's really, he's just a stan. This relationship, though, like, as much as I love Demi, like, will be a shit stain on her record for mm, a really long time. Give her a break. I'm trying. I'm willing to forgive and forget. I don't know. I'm trying, but it's... I don't know how we got here, you know? I, I know. You know what? I feel like we're going to get, like, a documentary or an episode of, like, American Greed one day about this how guy. How he swindled her. How he swindled her. Yeah. And I think it's just really interesting, like, how you can go from Stan to fiancé. You know, it's inspiring for all the stands like out there. a Hallmark movie. You'd love to see it. From Stan to fiancé. 
Beautiful. Okay, well, Demi, do what from you gotta stand, do. No, from fan to family. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes it sound too nice, though. Yeah. Um, okay, next up, another crazy story. Kyle Richards, alleged ring thief, says it wasn't her. This is such a weird s- series of events. I still have so many questions about this story, and I just love how TikTok, of course, played a part in it. Okay, so Diana French is a retired pharmacy clerk from L.A. who went viral while her hands did after, for some strange reason, actress Diane Keaton shared a photo of her hands, um, calling Diana's black nails too much and claiming she's a fortune teller. Well, that's, that is the strangest thing. Yes. Diane Keaton took a picture of a random woman's manicured hands because she just thought they were interesting. She was wearing a lot of rings and big, uh, long black fingernails. And so she took a picture of it, put on her Instagram and said that the woman was a fortune teller and we know now the woman Wendy is a pharmacist okay anyway Kyle Richards saw Diane Keaton's post and believed she recognized one of the rings Diana was wearing as her mom's stolen ring which got swiped back in December 2017 when when Kyle and her husband's home was hit by burglars which we all know that was a crazy time Teddy Mellencamp had just done the security in the home. In well, the it home. was like in limb. It was. It was strange. And she was in Aspen. After Diana went viral for all the wrong reasons, her granddaughter took to TikTok to clear her name. She also defended herself by going on Inside Edition with even more proof the ring belongs to her, including old photos of her wearing it and the original appraisal from 40 years ago. Kyle had gone public with her search for the stolen ring, but to be fair, she never accused the woman of theft. Mm-hmm. She thought she might have purchased the ring from a pawn shop and was going to offer to buy it back from her. So yeah, it seems like the fortune teller slash pharmacy clerk is in the clear, but now she's waiting on an apology from Kyle Richards and Diane Keaton. I think she'll be waiting quite some time. I don't know if she's necessarily deserving of an apology. Let me tell you why. One, she was never named. Nobody, it was just a pair of hands. Nobody knew that it was like Diane from you know North Carolina. Like nobody accused her of anything. And Kyle did not accuse her. She thought like when her stuff was stolen, it was sold onto the black market, somehow made its way into a pawn shop. And like she never yeah. accused this woman of yeah. stealing anything. So first of all, she's not getting an apology. I don't know if she necessarily even deserves one. And the granddaughter is actually the one who put the target on her grandmother's back by letting everyone know, oh, this is my grandma. Her, her name is blah. The story is very confusing for a multitude of reasons. One, Diane Keaton and the pharmacist's name is Diana. One. Two, Diane Keaton said it was a fortune teller and the woman claims she's not a fortune teller. She is a pharmacist. Like that is the most confusing part. Yeah, but maybe she has the side gig. You well, know, her, like, her daughter, her like granddaughter Twyla, said, Like Twyla in Cafe Tropical trying to raise money for a new dishwasher. Yeah, but her granddaughter said she's not a fortune teller. Well, maybe she doesn't tell her granddaughter everything. Maybe. You know? Maybe, yeah. I, this is such a crazy turn of events because, like, I just, when I first saw this story, I was like, oh, my God, Kyle Richards found her ring. Like, Me too. Period. I thought it was 100% it. And that we were going to, like, they were going to trace the ring back and find the burglars and she'd get all of her Birkins back. Mm-hmm. Her, her mom's, mom's jewelry. jewelry. But no. Just, like, a stranger turn of events. It's like two women have this ring. At yes. Least. But I guess, like this woman's grandmother and Kyle Richard's mom were probably of the same ish age. And like these rings were maybe like trendy and being sold at some place, you know? Yeah. It's like not that crazy that they would have the same ring. No, it's not that crazy at all. It's just a crazy story. It is. And, and you know what? If she was good at her job, she would have seen this one coming. <laughs> oh shit. You're right. Yeah. Also, I would love to hear from Diane Keaton, like how she got dragged into this mess. Yeah. That's what you get for like going around and taking pictures of people's hands, Diane. Yeah, but, like, she posed for the picture, so when she sh- saw it come up. Yeah. Or maybe it was a picture, like, Diane found on Pinterest. Like, she was looking for nail inspo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't, the picture didn't scream Pinterest, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah. 
Anyways, what a crazy weird story. Very strange. Like the converging of lots of different worlds. Yeah. Okay, next up, very exciting. Mariah Carey spills all on overbearing marriage to Tommy Mottola, sneaking around with Derek Jeter, and more in new memoir. I will 100% be reading this book. Mariah Carey's memoir comes out this month. It's called The Meaning of Mariah Carey, and she apparently, allegedly, is telling all this lead up to her book is giving me very much Jessica, Jessica Simpson, Simpson open book like press tour vibes mm-hmm. and they're gonna suck me in I'm gonna read it and it's gonna change my life and I'm so excited I'm excited because I you know what I've been ready to do for a while I've been ready to stand Mariah Carey like mm-hmm. I've never gotten there because I love her adore her but I've never been like a huge 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 fan and I think this book could bring me there and I'm ready to get a better understanding of, of the Mariah. meaning of Mariah right totally and this article is like some of the biggest you know bombshells from the book and if you want, I'll share them. But if we're both going to read it, like maybe we should experience them on our own. Okay. I mean, I'm fine with that. I really like. So this story is mostly just to let you know that a, the book is, is almost here. Yeah. And when, whenever people ask me like what my j- favorite genre of book is, like I don't know how to explain like that. It's this. It's celebrity open book by. Memoir. But, but a lot of. Tell ce- all. Right. See, a lot of celebrities have written books and sometimes they're like attempting to be like aspirational or like storytelling in, in like a in a non-fiction kind of way i love a tell-all i love a juicy gossip open book andy cohen diaries brandy glanville books like this i have a feeling is going to be sensational if i know mariah she worked with like the best writer ever and i just can't wait yes she worked with michaela angela davis on the book oh she's not pretending she wrote it um no and i think like i'm sure it went down like most celebrity books go down, like where they do it together. Yeah, but most celebrities like have a ghostwriter and they pay them and you don't know that. Yeah, but I think we know. Like I, Well, of course. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, so I don't, this is exactly what I would. Picture. Picture is that she's sharing her story. Someone else is helping her write it. And we're going to get the best possible book out of it. And you that's know? all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. And we're going to get a bestseller out of it for sure. Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. I'm really excited. I got it. Queued up on my Kindle. Oh, I'm going to buy a hard copy. Oh, very nice. Because I support the uh, book industry. Okay, cool. So we'll sh- we'll save the bombshells. But I didn't even know she dated Derek Jeter. I know. So it's going to be like all this good So we just tea. reported on this story just to withhold the facts from you. No, we reported on this story because we haven't spoken about this book yet. Yeah. And I remember in the lead up to Jessica Simpson's book, there was literally a story every, every day. single day, which was enjoyable. But since we both wound up reading the book, it would have been nice to just enjoy them. So this story is just to let you know the book is coming. I need to get the exact date, but it is October. So that's like so soon. October is this weekend. Yeah. That's oh crazy. God. It's that's crazy. That's Where, what's crazy. What a waste of a year. What? Jeez. Oh, totally. Like a just complete and total wash. Total wash. I thought this was going to be like one of the best years of my life. Yeah. Like, well, you know what? For me, it's like, I feel like every other year is like a good year. Like not bad year. I yeah. Say, but like great year. Ugh, year and 2019 was such a great year it was amazing and then I was like and things were looking good for 2020 so I was like there's no way that 2020 could like top it because that's just not how like life goes for me mm-hmm. and look you're right actually so 2021 is going to be it like I swear I know everyone's like waiting for 2021 oh, wow. but, but I just like I guess the odd number of years I just okay. that works for me I feel works for me okay next story very exciting news every day is like new either pregnancy news baby news yeah birthing news today's news Game of Thrones stars Kit Harrington and Russ Leslie <gasps> are pregnant with their first child. Russ Leslie Russ Leslie is oh pregnant. my god that's amazing and also this weekend Sophie Turner finally posted some uh, pregnancy pics of mm-hmm. her that Joe had taken when she was pregnant she looked 
amazing. And Jackson and Brittany had their gender reveal. It's a boy. It's a boy. We had the Vanderbump girls all together. So Lala's having a girl. Stassi's having a girl and Brittany's having a boy. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Really, They're really They're going to fight over him. Um... Yeah, I mean... That's so cute. It's very, very sweet. So, Russ Leslie? Russ Leslie is pregnant with her first child. Beautiful. Jon Snow's bebe. Do you think she just walks around thinking, like, I got Jon Snow? Like, that's what I would do. I would wake up in the morning and be like, Jon Snow's mine, bitch. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure she's excited. And I feel as though he's excited, too, because, like, Ygritte was really OTP for him. You know, he never really bounced back. No, he didn't. Like, that was the wildling that stole his heart. <laughs> he tried to date his aunt, but it didn't right. go over well. Think of how desperate he was. Like, he was so, you know, heartbroken from Ygritte that he actually fell into the arms of his aunt. Of like, his auntie. That's how you know he was so sad. To go from Russ to Yaranti, right, I'm Theo? so happy for Theo, us. I say to my nephew, Theo, Theo, get over here. Theo, can you come here? <laughs> Hi, come. cutes. Come. Hi, cutes. You look so beautiful. Come. Yeah. Anyway, so this is just like a great story. I miss the days where we would talk about Game of Thrones every single oh, day. No, those recaps were like so funny. Finger in the bum, like. Yeah. But, you know. Now we have other things like fifth and final story that'll lead us into a TV recap because we both finished Shit's Creek. The real Shit's Creek Motel will soon be up for sale. The Rosebud Motel? Motel? Yes. It's a no-frill small-town motel that a family moves into after losing their wealth. And soon this television-famous property can be your own. The property... It's on a set? No. The property that plays the role of the Rosebud Motel, at least the outside of yeah. it, on Shit's Creek, um, is poised to hit the market soon wow yes it'll be up for sale next month the owner told the press the you asking know who price buy it? who the rosebud motel property group you know what i was thinking um okay so like this is interesting and cool but and let's just get into our yeah it's just a gateway into for us. our recap of Shit's creek but i was actually thinking that the rosebud motel group was such a great idea and that really is something that hasn't you know the Motel hotels end. haven't really been monopolized and treated as boutique hotels and they really are such like a staple you know and it's a small town experience yeah and it, and it really can be and I think that like their pitch was an incredible idea and I actually think that Eugene Levy which is like what I'm realizing their last name is pronounced it's not as, Levy yeah not Levy and so that's gonna be a hard transition for me but I'll try um Eugene Levy and Dan Levy or maybe like anyone in their family should take this up and like go out there and and make Rosebud Motels like the Hilton of motels. Like that could be, you know, the next act for them. And, and like, it would they have would, all started from the show. And they would be billionaires. And then the show would just be amazing marketing yeah, for, for Rosebud Motel Group. Let's talk about the actual final season because I just loved it. I don't know if I loved it so much because I was just relishing. Like these are my final Moira Rose moments. But she was just on another level. I, I My absolute favorite part of like where I was like actually laughing out loud was when they went to the new hotel and like they loved that presidential suite and like Moira really wanted to move in there. So she was doing everything she could to make their current room like look like shit. Like she couldn't fit through the door frame and she fell on him. She was being so funny. Like I enjoyed the season so much, but I really enjoyed Moira. Like she is why we tune in. Yeah. And knowing that they swept at the Emmys for the final season made sense because this show has just been like this little gem. But the final season was like everything that was great about all the seasons wrapped up into one. So it's not like they just won because the whole show is good. Like the last season was really everyone at their best. Yes. I loved it so much. I actually started watching because I hadn't watched the season finale from last season. And when they did um, Cabaret. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And the show was phenomenal. Yep. And you saw everyone in the audience was like. <laughs> and I felt like that was like 
the epitome of Schitt's Creek, where it's like everything is a piece of shit, but then it comes together and it's actually like kind of nice. Yeah. And when like Patrick and Stevie and like Alexis were like in cabaret, I literally had chills up my like spine because it's like it starts as such a joke in the town yes. hall, but it came together so wonderfully. I loved Alexis, and I feel like this was like a hard season for her. She like just couldn't get her life together. Yeah, I mean, she really had to learn how to stand on her own two feet. And even though I ship Alexis and Ted, and I, I don't know that I loved that journey for them. Um, I, I I liked where she ended up. I liked where all the characters ended up. I think it was so good. And I'm really glad that I watched it. It made the day go by pretty quickly. And I'm glad I finally watched it because with all the Emmy accolades, Hype. I was able to put it all into context. Mm -hmm. And did you watch the episode that was like the best wishes no the, oh so you know how game of thrones like did that documentary about right. like the last season they did something similar Cute. and so you've got a lot of like the backstory behind everyone's casting and you know what the last season meant to them um, and how much this show has just like had this like cult following and grown like just from being like a small canadian comedy right. show to being like completely mainstream it's crazy by the way that like how far they've come when like they literally exist on a channel like most people don't have or they've never even heard of yeah but they were it's all so deserving and to talk about like how they saw the show in their heads and you know I just watch the show and I don't think about what they're trying to do right. but everything that they were trying to do just completely worked yeah um when it comes to casting do they address in their um little why the daughter wasn't Alexis why Twyla's character wasn't played no why Alexis's character wasn't played by the girl who played Twyla because most people actually can't haven't figured out that Eugene Levy's son is Dan and his daughter is Twyla. A lot yeah. of people actually think Alexis is his daughter. Yeah. So they did not address that. And I, that to me is something that just like sticks out. They said that they had a hard time casting Alexis. They saw like a hundred different actresses before they met Annie Murphy and mm -hmm. just like liked what she brought to the table. And so I don't know why Twyla, like because Twyla wound up being in every single episode. So yeah. like, why couldn't she be Alexis that does feel like an elephant in the room yeah and then also they had this like mini Emmys party and like Twyla wasn't there really yeah he are you sure Eugene Levy I watched his speech he thanked like his his um daughter who wasn't there oh interesting I thought that was Annie Murphy who wasn't there and then she accepted her award and I was like but she is here no Annie Murphy was there everyone was there Patrick was yeah, there yeah. Ronnie was there I want to talk about the wedding like I did was, you cry of no no I was sobbing because I was also hysterically laughing at Moira like she when first of all when she entered the room in that Pope outfit like she's just too much and then her weird inflections like she was honestly being too much like I was so overwhelmed with emotion I didn't know whether to cry or laugh but like I thought it was so sweet when the jazzy gals started singing oh I was it was breathtaking I was like the motherfucking jazzy gals the, the motherfucking jazzy gals and that's the name of today's episode what's so amazing about the jazzy gals is they literally rehearsed so much throughout all the seasons and, and you like, could tell and you could tell yeah, we never really got to listen to them but it felt like an episode of Glee. It, I was waiting for them to start singing Bruno Mars. Like, 100%. What, because when that's I what... See yeah, oh, that's, no, no. I think I want to marry you. Yeah, because that's like the vibe I was getting. Me too. And they wound up singing um, that song that Patrick sang. You're simply the best. Yes, and it was so good. I started crying when Alexis and David were walking down the aisle. Me too. I was like... I, was, I don't know. I was just, like, so emotional. And then when Roland was, like, they look like husband and wife. And Eugene was, like, 
They do. Yeah, wait, I also... Was just, it was just, like, the perfect encapsulation of what Schitt's Creek is. It's, like, so funny. These two people look like husband and wife. They're brother and sister. And it's also so emotional. Yeah. It's, that no, is Schitt's Creek. I was hysterically laughing when Alexis, like, right before they walked out, she's like, David, it's told on me that this is a wedding dress? Yeah. And she was just being so funny. And I really felt, like, that wedding scene and that episode in particular, but the, really, like, the wedding scene was perfect television. Like, it was just... It was the perfect formula for how to make a TV show end in, like, such a meaningful way. I did have one gripe with the ending, which was, like, okay, we've seen them, like, at their lowest for so long. Could we... <coughs> oh, my God, excuse me. I'm getting choked up. Could we see them? Could we get two minutes devoted to, like, the, them? I would like to see Moira thriving again. Like, I would like to see Alexis living in New York. I would like to see the house that Patrick and David moved into. Like, I would have liked five years from now, and it's, like, they all come back for Thanksgiving at David's, you yeah. know, like something. Well, I actually think they left it open to a reboot. Like soon later, they could bring the show back in like three years yeah. and it would go, it would be so well done because I think with David and Patrick still being there and, and the apothecary, like you could even have like new people who moved to Schitt's Creek and then yep. them be like sort of background characters. Employees. I think Twyla bought the cafe. Yeah, Alexis could always like move back in five years after she's like made her mark and be with Ted. And maybe Moira and Eugene want to retire and they retire at Schitt's Creek. Mm. Like, and they build a big house. And they build a big house. So I think that the way that they left it, that they ended it was perfect because it was just like this moment in time for this family yeah. to come together and realize what's important in life. And that's what the show is about, of like this family finding their way back to each other. And now that they're out of Schitt's Creek, we're not going to follow them. The show is Schitt's Creek. But I don't know, the, something about them ending it after six seasons when it was like at the height of its... Yes. popularity is, is really an interesting choice and they talk about that in the like documentary sort of right. thing. Right. I've heard David say like most shows don't get the option to go out on their own. They're either canceled or it's like the ratings drop. No one really gets to write their own ending. It's always like timing just like shoves them out. Yeah. Or like they drag it out so long and they kind of ruin it. Yeah. So it's this perfect gem of a show that is perfect. Yeah, and they're not, like, dragging out how long they're living there for. You know, there was a time in, like, seasons three and four or whatever where it was like, oh, these people live here now. Like, they're yes. never going to leave. And the goal is not still to get their money back and move back to New York or L.A. Yeah, and then I realized, like, David, like, bought a store here. He can't just leave. Like, some of them have roots here. Some of them don't. So I think them eventually getting – and I think it shows, like, Johnny Rose is, like, such a great businessman that he can yes. do it again. Yep. That he has all this business prowess. And, and his book. His book. I can't. But I, so I think it ended really perfectly while also leaving it open to be picked back up in some point in time. And also yeah. like Victor Garber just being in the final season was just. Everything of the sort. Um, annoying that it's not on Netflix yet. Like I don't know how many most Americans are watching it. Like I had to watch it on my Spectrum app with commercials and it was the same three commercials. Like I was literally going. It was, it was driving me up a wall. Like Trulicity and um, Southwest Airlines. Like it was the same two commercials multiple it times in episode. It wasn't Air. It wasn't for Larry Air. That was Ayer. so funny. Like Larry Air is rural juror, and also Herberlinger. Herberlinger. Oh, and by the way, he made another return too. Yeah. That episode was so. That funny. was that like the Herberlinger episode was when I was like, "This is the funniest thing I've ever seen." And Moira in the beginning, I like didn't understand Moira obviously because she's hard to understand. Un unpack. She's yeah, she's so multifaceted, mm -hmm. and that when I that's when I was like, "Oh my god, this woman!" And the documentary thing sort of answered our questions about is Moira Catherine O'Hara is Catherine O'Hara Moira and I think it's a the, character it's a character for sure but Moira would not have been who she was if she wasn't played by Catherine no. O'Hara like they said that Catherine O'Hara brought the wigs 
and brought oh. the accents oh. and gave this woman like a personality that was hadn't been like fully fleshed out in character development. I will watch that little documentary. It sounds fascinating. Yeah, it was really cute. Um, so like a, like sad that it's over. I'm glad that I watched the final season though because it's a perfect. It's not something you should leave open ended. Like it is just a perfect moment in time show, and it should be watched from beginning to end. Agreed, and not be sad about it because it really is like. It's untouched. Like, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, now we're going to dive into our official TV recap segment where we recap Real Housewives of Potomac, which was on on Sunday. We didn't get to recap it yesterday because of Yom Kippur. And just a reminder that the TV recap segment is brought to you by our favorite new brand of CBD, New X. New X's mission is to provide their customers with the highest quality products at a reasonable price. With years of experience in sourcing, manufacturing, and development, their goal is to make CBD accessible to the masses. We never sacrifice quality, and all of our products are natural, pure, and tested. So my favorite product from New X and just CBD in general is CBD gummies, but I find it really hard to find a good brand of CBD gummies because they're not always super well made and you never know how much CBD like dosage is actually in each gummy within the pack. Mm -hmm. So the New X ones are great because they have like they're super great tasting. They're actually delicious. delicious. They have 15 milligrams of broad spectrum CBD per gummy. They're vegan and they're made with all natural ingredients. They have no artificial colors, flavors, sweeteners, and they are TH THC free. They're perfect for people who want a fun and easy way of taking CBD or have never taken CBD before and maybe just want to dip their toe in the pond. Um, and it's a consistent dose every time, which is really, uh, I think the biggest selling point. Um, the CBD gummies are $9.99, which is a really good price. They also come in different variations of CBD products. They have shots, which is like a 150 milligrams of caffeine and energy blend with CBD. So it's perfect to take in the morning. Those are also vegan, non-GMO. They come in the mango flavor. They're really, really good. Um, I actually keep one in my purse pretty much at all times. It's a great alternative to coffee. I don't drink coffee, so CBD is a blessing. And those are only $4.99. So I feel like New X is a great company, one, because... Uh, they just have a broad range of products for CBD and it's really reasonably priced without like compromising the quality of the taste or the actual CBD. Um, if you want to check it out, visit newx.com, which is nu-x.com to purchase some of their great products. You can use the discount code toast for 20% off for a limited time. So that's newxnu-x.com. Use the code toast for 20% off for a limited time. Um, check it out. It's fabulous. Sign on. Get your CBD. Okay, so Real House is a Potomac kind of. This was this the episode. This was a big episode. And I just want to, I want it to be said before I like start complaining about other parts of the episode. Like my jaw was legitimately on the floor. Like I knew there was a fight and Bravo always hypes things up. But like this was actually underhyped. Like I couldn't believe I was watching and the fight was still going yeah. on. And, and she still had her hair, hand in her hair. Yeah. Um. Yes, I agree with you. It was like a big fight and not overstated but then on the other hand I, was, I feel so many different ways about this fight cause, and I was reading a lot of tweets and like different opinions about it on the other hand like it was hair pulling and, and glass throwing mm -hmm. which is standard for housewives. We've, we've had it in the house it's not yes. standard it's always a big deal when it happens but it's not uncommon yeah not uncommon like not a bigger fight than anything that we've ever seen but just last season like Danielle Staub and Margaret Joseph had like a very similar sort of fight um yes but to me, this one seemed to last longer. Yeah, I get. Like, the other one was, like, more, I like, yeah, Actually, separated. this Margaret Joseph's one was also one of the worst I had seen. Yeah, that was, the, yeah. But they, they, it was glass throwing and, and hair pulling. And hair pulling, you're you right. So, and that was a fucking wild hair pull. Yeah. That Danielle stabbed. Like, honestly, unacceptable. Yeah. So, it was, 
It was crazy. Obviously, you know, everyone is upset with Monique because they feel that she, she started, started it. it. She made it physical. Candace definitely provoked her verbally. Yeah. Did you see the video that I sent you? I did. And I had already seen it. People are really slowing down. People are dissecting this fight to There's see. There's so much going who on. Who put hands on who first? Because the two of them are going at it. Wendy's trying to stop it. Robin and Giselle are trying to stop it. So there's so many hands flying. Even before... The fight starts. Yeah. It's like in this in this one moment where it's like the, the, the dime flips and it's like really the fight starts. Everyone happens to just get involved at the same moment. And it's hard to see who put... I mean, in my opinion, Monique started it because she was flipping her hair, which is not technically a fight, but you can't put, touch someone. Yeah, I agree with so that. So she's flipping her hair, flipping her hair, flipping her hair. And then Candace pulls her vest. Yeah which makes it a little bit more of like an aggressive fight. And then Monique goes wild. So yeah. it's like, where do we, where do we, where does the start, fight start? Yeah. So if just watching the episode, I was like, okay, Monique started it. But then watching a slowdown video, it's, it, she starts with the hair flip, but Candace put her hand on like her body first. And then it, it just, it got I mean, but the really worst of it all was when Monique had Candace's hair and was just going at it. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't believe it. Like, but then also Candace throwing the glass, the glass in her face and, and her lip is bleeding. Yeah. So it was just, and it was just so crazy that that big of a fight started from the conversation that was had, which was like... Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. And I also was reading more and people are convinced that there's obviously more to this fight of than course. just Candace inviting Sharice to a party. And from what I understand, Candace was like aware of the rumors that Sharice was starting and it wasn't just that Monique... Um, slept with, slept her, with trainer. her trainer. There's a lot of things. It was that Monique's baby, um, the baby that she just had, is not Chris's. <gasps> it was that um, she didn't have a miscarriage a few seasons ago. She had an abortion. And just like these really oh damaging God. rumors about her family. And not so just bigger than... Right. Well, that makes sense because things aren't adding up. Yeah. And I saw this video where can't... Where Candace explains like sort of what these rumors and then at the dinner table when they were having that party for Ashley she pretends like she didn't really know that mm -hmm. there was so much beef between Monique and Therese so and she and did. all I'm saying is that again I don't think that we're getting the entire story because no. that was a disproportionate reaction to the fight that we think that they're having yeah but we can only dissect what we're given and even though she's not always my favorite Robin just like really summed it up perfectly she's like Candace is annoying as hell and she runs her mouth but Monique is wrong like you Regardless if we're dissecting the fight, it's very clear that Monique was the one who took it way too far. Like, she was the one who needed to be, you know, held back. The producers locked her in a room and they got Candace out. And it pains me to say it because I am team Monique. But she was wrong. She was wrong. She wasn't right. She was she not was right. She was not right. She wasn't right. I, I'm struggling with this one. I know. You know? And I'm sure there's more to it. But we have I to dissect what there, we've been given. That there is more to it. Um, I think that Candace is so annoying and sneaky i agree and she puts on and she's literally like this they're you know so close to each other and she's like drag me drag me drag me and she did and she did no but there's just like candace is definitely annoying she's a pageant girl like she puts on a face and she there she's definitely sneaky and whatever and i mean and i just hated this episode because it made me feel bad for candace like she yeah. really got hurt yeah and Those so the, the rest to the head the rest of the episode was strange because it was clear that the woman the We're women just like, would not film with each other and everybody sort of needed to 
cool off after the fight and figure out you know where do we go from here and and next week it looks like there's a, a sitting down and Candace is gonna attend and the other women are like to Monique like pretty much like we don't want to work with you anymore and, and we, we can't we can't be associated with this you. yeah um which I'll have to see in context I just think that that's a bit extreme you know I don't know I feel like the Real Housewives of Potomac take their jobs really really seriously as like really powerful strong black women and I think they probably felt like this was like a step down and they don't they don't want to be associated they take they take their roles as like role models really really seriously and I feel like Karen Huger and Giselle are like kind of like the oldest and wisest in the group and they really feel strongly about like staying above the fray and I, I kind of agree with them I I I understand. I agree with that too. Um, but then I was watching some clips on Twitter where people were like showing instances where like Giselle and Robin, when they showed up at Ashley's restaurant, and like were saying that they literally showed up to her place of business, like while it was open, and like saying they're going to drag her um, over the wood, like uh, through the over the bridge over, and through over the woods, the river and through the woods. And it's like, right? And no, it's honestly like moral um, relativism. Like we're saying this is bad, but like we've done bad stuff too. Yeah, and so I I think that. I, I want to see just, you know, Monique just, like, obviously, I move don't past move it. past it. And I don't know how and if they can get past it. I do think that they can. But I, I feel like next week's conversation, like, if Monique, it seems as though she's not remorseful. But I don't want to judge it based on the preview. Agreed. So I'll have to see what happens from there. But it... It was just, I also feel like there's something they're not telling us. Yeah, of course. And that's kind of been like a theme throughout um, certain housewives this season. Like in New York, there was a lot they weren't telling us about Tinsley and Dorinda. And it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Don't make us guess. Like, yeah. we're investing an hour a week in the show. Like, give us the and full story. Just because something didn't happen on camera, like, doesn't mean you can't talk about explain it. Explain it, bring it up, talk about it, and then integrate it into the storyline. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, the rest of the episode was a little bit boring. I did think that. Uh, it really was very interesting not to see like Giselle's trip to Atlanta, oh, but I her mean, dad. That, yeah, that was the other. Really I kind big of thing. loved him. Like uh, I'm the same way. It's like, all right, I'll say I like it to your face, but like when I when I leave, I'm just gonna like say how I really feel, you know? Yeah, but I think also he was trying to make it work, mm-hmm. and he just was fed up and that was so crazy when he was like hot mic'd but it was like he had the wherewithal like people who aren't on reality tv every day like don't understand how mics work and they think if you say something bad they'll just take it out like he had the the understanding to get up off camera have them take his mic off but couldn't wait five seconds for his mic to be actually off to start talking shit right and like for them to ask Giselle how many children does Mm -hmm. he have and then us to find out it's six to seven is crazy I knew he had um like children with other people I didn't know it was six or seven no yeah I mean how would we how would we know so it's just a lot for any person yeah but watching the girls in the restaurant was awesome she has great daughters she has great daughters and th- I I thought that was just like a great scene for the family and then it was also crazy it was crazy yeah um so that was like a good pickup at the end of the episode because there was a lot in the beginning a little boring like the post snap and Karen's marriage problems it, Get a real therapist. What was a radio host doing in your house as a therapist? Like, so crazy. And when Ashley was like, you know, she's off the hook now. Right. With the Michael. Like, she's, she came in letting everyone know she had an open marriage. And she and like, thought it was going to be, like, her, like, everyone's going to come after her, ask her a million questions, and, like, it, nobody cares. And somehow, the evening turned out not to be about her. Yeah, I just, I'm honestly, with every episode, like, really, my respect for Ashley is, like, I know. All the way up here. I know. Like, talk about open book, honest, owning it. Housewife. She is all of those Housewife. things. Housewife. I totally agree. So I'm looking forward to this conversation with Monique next week. And all in all, it was a good episode. I mean, that fight was just fucking crazy. Yeah. 
It was. But I think we can come back from it. I think we can too. Like, other franchises have come back from way worse. I totally agreed. Um, so that's that on that. Anything else we want to say before we wrap up? Enjoy this next segment with Simon Huck. Again, if you're listening as a podcast, just keep listening. If you're on YouTube, go check it out. It was so funny. Like, maybe one of my, I mean, we haven't had a guest in like all year, but one of my favorites this year. Totally. And I think our only other guest this year was, was Simon. No, we had a few. We had like Tyler C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. But it was really, um, really, really funny. So check it out. Enjoy it. Enjoy and we'll see you tomorrow. Welcome back to The Morning Toast. We are so excited for the first time in eight months to have breathing, living human beings in our studio. And of course, it is friend of the toast, Simon Huck, and launching his new podcast with his co-host, Melissa Gray Washington. A little hyphen. We love a hyphen. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Hi. We're so excited to be here. Thank you for being here. This yeah. is so exciting for us. Like, it feels really good. And the studio is so glam. Simon has was at the old studio, which you know, everyone knows we were evicted. Big drama. <laughs> but now we're here and we're It's Simon it. approved? No, it's very glam. High ceilings. Simon approved. That's all that matters. Great lighting. <laughs> yeah, great lighting. Mm-hmm. So last time you were here, you were owner of, you know, entrepreneur of a fabulous, fabulous company. And now you are coming to us as a podcaster. Yes. You have lowered your bar. No. And you have joined us. Here in the podcast world. No, it's really very high-low. No, we... (laughs) So I started this company, Judy, which is an emergency preparedness brand. Everyone knows. Everyone Everyone knows. knows. Okay, so 2020 has been kind of this outrageous year. So many emergencies. And Melissa has been my real-life ride-or-die emergency contact. And we wanted to do a podcast, but we didn't really know how to talk about emergencies and also make it something that people wanted to listen to. How do you two know each other? Oh my God. So we met like 400 years ago in college. We were introduced oh, wow. by a mutual friend. Simon, you went to college. It's I know. Shocking. Barely. <laughs> believe me. Where did you guys barely. go? We're Canadian. So oh, right. we went to this McGraw. school called Queens. No, McGill. Everyone thinks Everyone. thinks go, which is like, Queens has such bad branding because McGill is like chic, but Queens oh, is like McGill, the Harvard of the North. Yeah. No, I've not even McGraw. I guess Stewart McGill is McGraw like the textbook company. What's yeah, McGraw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, honestly, I had Morgan Stewart on my mind. And her new right. Fiance. So this is like Canada in a nutshell. Like what's it McGill, called again? Um, anyway, so we went to college together and we met through a mutual friend and we just like instantly fell in love. Mm-hmm. And then he hasn't been able to shake me since. Right. And I was her maid of honor in her first wedding. Oh. And I hooked her, I hooked her up with her first husband who was my roommate in college. Oh wow. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. So it's, she's like, thanks for bringing that up. No, it's she's always like, can you stop bringing that up? But I'm <laughs> no, like, I, it is the reason it's the, the, the genesis of our relationship. You're right. You know what? You're right. It's a pretty like key part of the story. Yeah. But, so then, yeah, we moved to New York together around the same time I moved before Cy and then he moved like a few months later. Well, and Melissa was studying public relations. And at the time, LOL. I was like, oh, my God, I love Sex and the City. I want to be <laughs> like my only. Like everyone else. Like yeah. everyone else. I was like Kim Cattrall's character. Right, like, I, how do I do that? You yeah. did it. But I didn't know what PR was. Right. And so Melissa's like, oh, no, PR is not real. Like, you don't need to go to school for it. Trust me, I'm in school. Right. right. Like, I'm, yes, I'm in school, like, unfortunately, for PR. And Melissa, I think you worked for, like, a travel PR company. Yeah, it was it was not, like, glam, let me put it that way. <laughs> and then I, like, picked up the telephone and called Lizzie Grubman's office and got this free internship. And at the time, Jonathan Chebin, now known as the food god, um, Don't was... Him. Don't Disrespect him and use his old No, name. I know. How dare I know, you? How dare I know. You? When I say John, he's yeah. like, excuse me? And I'm like, <laughs> are you well? No, the food god is... Wait, is his first name food, last name god? So you have to be like food or food no, god? He, full food god. No, yeah, you okay. cannot say food. Okay, like so Madonna. no first and last. Yeah. Like Madonna. We actually Mr. God. Podcast, Mr. God. 100%. Um, no, he's so not well, but I like in the best way. Of Love course. him. Um, anyway, so that was kind of the genesis of 
our beginning of our relationship. And then we wanted to do a podcast on kind of Judy and emergency preparedness, but we couldn't think of an interesting, fun way to do it. And then we thought, wait a minute, what if we tried to find the relationship that we have in celebrities? Like who is... Chloe Kardashian's real life ride or die Malika. emergency kind con- right, like in that yeah. case it's well known. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in many other cases it's not really well known. Yes. Like like Kim and Allison. Totally. Prime completely. example. That's a great guess Perfect for you. Example. And like people who like are there real like there's so many Instagram friendships. Like you see like under yeah. a celebrity's post, it's like, love you, boo, but like yeah. do you love yeah. them? Right. Like right. Do, you, do you even know each other? Do you even know each other? Right. Like yeah. we'll be the judge of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So the concept is basically bringing on well known people and like who is in their close personal circles, who is their quote unquote emergency contact. Exactly. And we want to know what they were like, like kind of their pre glow up. Yes, of course. The pre fame. Yeah, and we've had such interesting guests. I we mean, have. It's yeah. Your really first episode funny. is already out, right? Yes. With Tan France and his husband. Yeah. Who were just incredible. I mean, really? Tan is like the most humble, sweetest, funniest human being alive. And his husband, I had not really spent a lot of time with. I mean, was he not just... No, he, I mean, I don't want to... He might even be... I, he might, I might like him better than Tan. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> Tan France, I lo- everybody loves Tan yeah. France, right? Like, world's yeah. nicest. But the hus- his husband, Rob, is so funny, so normal, yeah. so unaffected, so disinterested in like... Fame. Love. I don't and know. It was great. Can't relate. Can't and, relate. And brought Tan out of retirement. First of all, Tan retired at 35, which I was right. like, okay, goals, mogul. Goals. Goals. And he didn't want to do Queer Eye. And Rob mm-hmm. was like, no, no, no. You have to give this a chance. Like, it oh, could wow. be a really wow. big opportunity. And thank God he did it because we wouldn't have Tan right now. Right. right. We have Rob to, to thank. And so mm-hmm. logistically, you guys, you live in Philadelphia, so you guys are podcasting via Zoom, which is yes. very common in the age of Corona. Mm-hmm. How are you adjusting? I know you've done reality TV. Who could forget the spin crowd? Um, a lot you, of people. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people have forgotten it, yeah. unfortunately. Not us. Not, us. not us. not us. I'll never forget. No. Thank you. You've conquered the world of reality TV. You've conquered the world of PR. You've conquered the world of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to get into podcasting, which is actually not as easy as people think. Like, audio is really fucking hard. No, like, beyond. Oh, all you have to to do is listen to one episode of our show to get that. Like, yeah. How are you dealing? I cannot get how my audio dealing? right. If you need no. advice, you could always come to us. It's actually a lot of work. Like people just think you like press record and suddenly, no, no, no. There's no. like briefing docs. Like Melissa discovered what a Google Doc was. She had not heard of a Google oh, wow. Doc before. Did like, you die? No, I know. But it was great. My life pre-Google Docs was great. But now I just like, I can never find it. I don't know. Like, am I looking at it? Is someone else looking I at agree. it? I agree. I don't want anyone messing with my edits. Like I want to send you a Word document like it's 1999 and have you send it back to me in green or red or, or like right. color. Track changes yeah totally track changes google docs i'm just like sigh it just scares me i was like it's a living breathing document she's like excuse me it's a lie it's like it's right it's, it's where is freaky. it he's like i don't know it's like in google somewhere and i'm yeah. like but I where do i go and he's you. like get on gmail i want to go off track really quickly and Sorry. just point out melissa that you are sitting with your purse which i just love like oh my god queen, queen elizabeth vibes. should i have left it at the door no, no. it's just Sorry. like i don't know it's just like an interesting way to sit no is it no what am i doing wrong oh my god this is like my first rodeo should i have like I should have left it at the door, but you no, know what? No, it's here it's, now. No, I love it. It's a beautiful purse, and honestly, okay. when you have a beautiful purse, you should show it off as much as oh possible. Oh my god! Thank I just love you. that you're just like sitting with and it, and it is like very prepared of you. So I would want yes. my emergency right. contact Thank to always you. have their. I like have an RX yes. car in here. You know, she's actually, and I'm dying to ask you guys this. She is the least prepared person. We do a quiz on our show. And we oh. ask like 20 questions. Okay, yeah. what are some? Melissa questions? would be like zero to zero. Like, could not <laughs> save us all. Fooled us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. What are some of the questions? How do we know if we're prepared? Like, like. 
what do you do in the event of a fire on the upstairs floor of your home? Grab my phone and take the elevator. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. No, really yes. grab Theo and run down the stairs. Right. Yeah. Like just like basic preparedness information that most people don't know. Like before Judy, I was I was the worst Judy. I didn't even know where my fire extinguisher was and God forbid I had to use it. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Okay, and you me, just like a to dumb think question. that, like, you know, your instincts kick in and all of a sudden you know right. how to use a fire right. extinguisher. Right, right. That's what you rely so on. So in New York City, <laughs> does every apartment have a fire extinguisher or every floor? So they recommend that every floor, so, like, even if you had three floors, like even in your basement, you should have a fire extinguisher. In your home? In your home. Well, that's Some people wild. even do every room. Like, More, Oh, those no, people are not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't want to get... No, no, I don't no. want to jinx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so that's a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. So yeah. do you feel like since starting the podcast with Simon, you've become more prepared? Like you were a zero. Are you maybe now like a two? A little bit. Like I could probably survive 24 hours. Whereas before I was just going to be like a goner. Right. Right out of the gate. Like I didn't know that in a fire, I can't even remember. We did a, like a fire quiz and Simon was like, no, you're actually going to go up in flames. I'm worried for you. <laughs> like offline. He was like, Mel, I want to talk to you about your fire preparedness plan. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, my plan is like nobody wait for my husband. Just right. like me and the kids will find Stop, our way Stop, drop, and roll. I've run this. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. I do feel, I feel, I, cause, because I went from like a ne- place of like negative 10 on the knowledge right. scale, I feel pretty good now and we do like franchises so like we just did chloe and malika and we did a tsunami franchise where we talked about like 15 things you needed to know about tsunamis and then quiz them on it and like what do you need to know Honestly, I didn't realize that United States, like, we actually had tsunamis. That's the first point. Yeah. The tsunamis exist in the U.S. Yeah. Shocking. There's this place in California called Crescent City. Oh, my God. I hope that's the name. Please don't come for me. I think it is. And (laughs) it is. Okay. And they have had 33 tsunamis since, like, the 1940s. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That's terrible love. Yeah. And just, like, learning about how to prepare for them. And, okay, so, Simon, in the age of coronavirus, where we're all kind of being prepared on another level, what are three things nobody should leave their house without? You should leave their home or have in, have in your home? Both. Okay. Inside your home, you should have food and water for up to 72 hours. Okay. You should have a first aid kit okay. and you should have an emergency plan. And the emergency plan is free. Like you should know how do I exit out of my apartment? Right. You know, what is the, do I, have I checked my smoke detector, my carbon right. monoxide detector? Like basic information. Where should the, we meet? Where should we meet? Having in a meeting spot. Right. Also a communication strategy. Like if you have kids who are of the age where they have a cell phone, like what do they do when the Wi-Fi goes out or they right. lose their, their cell service? Like so many people in the event of emergencies, they do this thing called milling where they don't believe an emergency is real. Like if I knew a tsunami was coming or a fire was coming, a wildfire was coming, they don't actually like listen. Mm-hmm. They wait and they're like, did you hear there's an evacuation warning? Right. And Jackie's like, Claudia, I'm not going until it, like I hear from another person. And right. suddenly you're like, right. hello, we well, told you to evacuate. it's so yeah. unbelievable. Some yeah. of the things so, that are happening yeah. like this yes. year. This year, especially like, even with COVID, like how many of us had conversations with our friends where we're like, this isn't real. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm taking it that seriously. Well, that's why we've been loving this new season of the Kardashians because it's actually the footage of like what people were saying before coronavirus. It's like, there's this thing called coronavirus. Like, should we go to Paris? It's like, I think we're going to be okay. People well, are yeah. saying, right. So it's like, there was so much uncertainty. It's actually interesting to watch like how we took it before we knew it was like a serious thing. No. And before Kim went to Paris... I was sitting with her and I gave her a Judy kit that had kind of these wildfire prevention masks. We now know them as N95. But before right. this, at Judy, we had no idea. We had never even thought of What pandemics. a commodity they were. Yeah. yeah. Right. And she was like, I'm going to use my mask on the plane. I'm like, oh, I think that's excessive. Like, you probably don't need to. Fast forward now. Right. Yeah. It's what like, do you think? we came in with a hazmat suit on to the studio. Right. Yeah. No, it's crazy, crazy times we're living yeah, in. Yeah, it really is. 
Wow. So the podcast is available everywhere. Yes, everywhere. Amazon, Spotify. Yes, Amazon, Amazon just I think Amazon so. just launched podcast. Okay. Yeah, yes. Amazon Music, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, all the places. Oh my God, yes, my purpose. That's very exciting. <laughs> and <laughs> it's called Emergency Contact. And you can follow both of them on Instagram, catch up on new episodes, find out information, see Simon without a shirt on. Great picture, by the way. Thank you. Facetune, face app, everything. All the above. <laughs> all the <Swipe> apps. <laughs> Love that. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you tomorrow for her, uh, nothing, just Tuesday. Oh, no. Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. Hump day. Hump day. Okay. Bye. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs>